Hello again, and you're very welcome to the Women's Rugby Pod. I'm Johnny Hammond, not on the WRP studio, but here at home in Hampshire. Our co-presenter is continuing her social distancing in Kent. Staying at home and saying lives is Harlequins and England centre, Rachel Burford. Hi, Johnny. I do hope you and the family are all well. So the rugby season might be over. But we've definitely got something to get our teeth into this week, as yesterday we found out who will be competing in the Tyrrell's Premier 15s for the next three years. Yes, we know that Sale Sharks and Exeter Chiefs will replace Richmond and Furwood Waterloo in the league from September. And we'll assess the fallout from that decision in this week's show. And of course, with no action on the pitch to reflect on, we have more special guests to look back on the highlights of their lives. This week is Double Trouble, Saracens and England, Twin Sisters, Poppy and Bryony Cleal. Well, to the main news in women's rugby this week, the announcement that Sale and Exeter will join the Teals Premier 15s next season. And for the next three years, the two new teams go straight into the top flight while Richmond and Forward Waterloo, the clubs, are the bottom two spots in the table in this abandoned season, have dropped down and will be playing Championship Rugby next season. That's right. The decisions were taken following an audit of every club, assessing their ability to deliver minimum operating standards and their on-pitch performances. The bottom four teams in the audits were then invited to retender for their places and applications were open to the all RFU members, universities and colleges. A selection panel then reviewed and shortlisted all tender applications and interviews took place via conference calls. After this process, a rebranded Darlington Modem Park and Worcester Warriors women retained their Premiership 15 status. DMP's new name, DMP Durham Sharks, reflects their new partnership with Durham University. All clubs are still required to sign a participation agreement with the RFU and the offer remains conditional until this is received. The decisions are also subject to appeal. So it's not even set in stone yet. But, uh, yeah, we, we know that uh, Richmond won't uh, appeal. And it, and it seems from the tone of their tweets yesterday that, that West Park Leeds, uh, who tendered, uh, won't appeal either. So ratification is still not absolutely final. But it's a huge week in the development of the women's game. There are clearly winners and losers. And I'm delighted to say one of the winners joins us now on the line. Hello, Exeter Chief Women's Head Coach, Susie Appleby. Good afternoon to you, Susie. Um, despite all the rest of the, the bits and pieces that are going on in this unprecedented time, you must be one very, very happy lady. Congratulations. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah, we're, we're all very happy down in Exeter. Um, it's been, yeah, it's been a, a while in, um, like, waiting to find out. But, um, yeah, it's worth the wait when, uh, when the news came through. So, yeah, all really happy and excited about what's coming. And what, what does it mean to you personally, that, that sort of level of satisfaction? Because, you know, you um, went to Exeter in sort of preparation for this. Uh, I'm guessing if it hadn't come off, then that, that might have been a, a risk that wasn't worth taking. But of course, it has come off and it must be a huge amount of satisfaction that you've uh, you've ticked all the boxes. Yeah, well, this is just the beginning, obviously. But, um, you know, we did take a risk. We moved the family, left a, a really good job and, and club at Gloucester Hartbury. Um, but such was the belief in Exeter Chiefs, in Rob Baxter, Tony Rowe, everything that was going on down there. It was really real. Um, and in the last, you know, since since I've been down there, since September, October, uh, um, it, it really is a really good place to work. Um, it's a fantastic club. 
it's very it embraces the women's game even though it wasn't actually real yet so you know I've been fully immersed in their program the men's program that is and you know learning from them um, learning alongside them um, being with the players and, and the coaches um, and then you know trotting upstairs to see Tony Rowe who's the owner and that and that's how the club functions you know it's a really family atmosphere so yes it was a risk yes it has paid off and you know we're moving as and when you know corona dies down so yeah it's a, it's all good but um yeah really really positive start so but obviously you know the hard work is 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 now about to begin so we're all about to um yeah we're all about to get going hopefully yeah, I was going to ask what 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 the the link and the support has been from Tony Rowe and, and Rob Baxter, who, yeah, from from my involvement with, with those guys, are you know, some of the best rugby people going around. You've you've kind of answered that that question already, but obviously the support is sort of sort of boundless. Yeah, well. As I said, you know, the main thing about TP15s, you know, from, you know, Birth's experience, my experience, etc. in the clubs is that you can provide a, um, as professional a programme as you can for the players so that they can be the best, very best that they can be. Now, we've set up a programme down there that almost dovetails the men's working week to allow players to access the men's coaches as well as the female coaches so you know Ricky Pello for example might be delivering the skills Gareth Steenson um, is going to become a kicking coach at the end of this season so you know like Rob Hunter who's the forwards coach is fully embracing developing our forwards so you know it's it's all very much intertwined which is it's just absolutely fabulous and um you know exactly what any player needs to needs to be now the next challenge is obviously to have players that can access that program because because we're not all full time you know it's a it, you know the the league is turning very slowly into a semi-professional league some players have the luxury of being paid to play most of them that are contract are those that are contract with England um so you know, as I said, the challenge is then providing and be having access to players that, you know, you're providing that programme for. And that's what we're kind of working on right now to, to try and, you know, create a competitive squad um, primarily or as much as we can from players that are already down there. But then to become competitive as quickly as we can, we're going to, you know, we're going to have to add to that equation by um, inviting some players from overseas. And, you know, we've had a couple of players or a few players approach us from other clubs in the in the Prem. So, as I said, you know, the next few weeks slash months is, is about about preparing the squad as best we can for what for um, September. Well, we're due to start on September the 12th, I think, which is actually not that far away, probably. No, it really isn't. Um, I was just going to say we had Nikki Ponsford, the uh, the head of the women's performance at the RFU on the on the WRP a few weeks back, and she said uh, it wasn't all about the link to to the uh, Gallagher Premiership uh, clubs, but now Saris, Quinns, Wasps, Worcester, Bristol, and Sale, um, and yourselves, of course, all, all linked. Does that just make it practically so much easier? Um, I think so. Um, you know, I can directly compare with um, Gloucester Hartbury, which is effectively a, um, an institution, Hartbury University, and a fantastic institution. They're very much a rugby at the forefront of everything that happens up there. Um, and, and they're very similar, obviously, to Loughborough. Now, that's a great model to work on in that you have a constant supply of, of players. You have uh, fabulous facilities, but you don't quite have that top end um 
I don't know, representation in, in, in that top end of the men's game. Um, so this is kind of a different approach for us, um, which obviously both will experience at Quinns, you know, where you're in a top club, a top men's club, and and you're able to then access everything and, and behave as those, those top male players do. So I think there's a good, if you can have a balance of both those kind of um, programs. Now we are not, you know, we're not right next door to the uni, but we can access all the university facilities. The university program is excellent. That's delivered by Poppy Leach, who's a, a, a current player at Bristol Bears. Um, and and then the, the, the relationship with the colleges is incredibly important. So actually what I've been doing in the last six months, while I haven't actually been coaching at the top level is to be developing those relationships with the colleges um, we're actually going to employ a um, an academy manager for women for the first time, I think, in the country, which is a really exciting uh, move. I, again, I'll refer to Quinns. I think they have a similar thing going on at, at Quinns, um, where they yeah, they have the links with the unis and the, and the schools um, through a specific um, uh, job description. Um, so yeah, we're going to have a, a female player who's also going to double up and do that role. So that means that we can reach out properly into Devon and Cornwall and try to develop those or uh, those local players, which um, which is very 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 exciting. So I said a combination of. Um, you know, being with a top men's club as well as, you know, having a very good link with the university and the college, I think is what's going to um, take us forward um, and, and fingers crossed um, allow us to be successful in the league. How, how important is it um, geographically um, to, have a, to have a club down there? I mean, we, we've seen when, when England have gone down to, to Sandy Park, just the, that thirst and, and appetite for women's rugby. But it's, it's key, isn't it? That little foot down there in the, in the southwest. Well, I think so. I think it's probably there's a lot of untapped resource down there, untapped players, um, purely because they live that far away in Devon and Cornwall that they, you know, they haven't got the ability to drive to Bristol and, and places. And it is actually quite a long distance to drive out of deep as dark as Cornwall up to Bristol. So hopefully it's a bit easier. It's still a little bit of a trek out of um, out of the, the coastal areas. Yeah, but yeah. Um, yeah, there's a there's a the lot of players um, that I've seen already in the last few months, and there's no doubt more to come. You know, I had an email yesterday actually um, following the news from a chap who set up a women's club in Truro. Um, now already, I'm going to obviously link him with Truro College, and there therefore we're now starting to develop the game, and that's just because we've just entered Tyrrell, so we've been accepted into Tyrrell. So I think the capacity to grow is massive. Um, you've already touched on it. Um, you know, when when England play down there, it's it's amazing. You know, the girls have all said it. You know, when you step out on the pitch, um, you know, the whole place is full. It's buzzing. You know, same same as when it's at the stoop, and it's just a fantastic area to develop your rugby. It always has been. You know, I, I remember one of my first visits to Twickers on a county finals day, and basically Cornwall were in the final, and Cornwall had emptied, and they'd all come in their droves up the up the motorway. <laughs> But, yeah. you know, that that's exactly what it's like. It's, it's amazing on a match day. Honestly, I, when, when, when we played our invitation against the army, I, I didn't really realise how massive it is. It was a sellout. You know, the boys um, boys were playing and they had a really good win that day against Bath, you know, and, and the place is rocking, you know. And um, Biff and I discussed with Giselle and everybody yesterday, you know, 
Um, to take this game forward, we we want big crowds, we want sellouts, you know, we, we want to emulate what the men's rugby um, world has done. Now, we're hoping that we can produce that, you know, we can play on a, an alternate weekend to the men. Some A couple of times we'll probably play alongside the boys, but actually we want our own um, followers, you know, we want our own fans. So when the men are not at home, everybody's going to come and watch watch rugby anyway. And actually, it doesn't matter because it's the women playing. It's It, it doesn't matter because it's Exeter Chiefs. So, um, you know, the appetite is just huge. So, you know, it's it's really exciting time for people down there. Everybody everybody that's from there wants wants to be an Exeter Chief. And just as you mentioned that, you know, you talk about, I'm sure you're going to be successful right from the get-go, but it's kind of like that long-term legacy that you're going to start to create because now young girls who play down in the deepest darkest corners will hear and know about women playing for extra chiefs and like you said we want to grow and be and we keep talking about you you've got to see it to be able to be it so the pathway that you're creating for longevity of success it is going to happen as well yeah yeah 100 percent birth and then you know um, you know, you have your, um, you know, your turn up and play, you know, whatever that pitch up and plays, you know, on a Saturday, you know, and every girl comes in an extra chief shirt. That's how they're brought up, you know, so they already have it in their blood. But the fact that they can now, I mean, you know, the young players that are coming through 15, 16, 17, they're the future. They're the ones that we can now get hold of at that early age and, and develop their skills. Because with this academy manager role, we're going to um, develop hubs in the colleges and, and reach out to them so they don't have to travel a million miles, you know come and access their rugby um and then you know as they hit the senior rugby level hopefully they come with a, a really good skill set that wouldn't have been developed otherwise before we kind of before we've kind of reached out to them so yeah i mean the potential is massive yeah yeah but if you're right you know it's going to be a slow burn potentially we, we want to accelerate it as quickly as we can we want to be competitive we've got we've now um have the luxury of having three years to to bed ourselves in and the future is the most important thing and you know the men have done it you know they've taken a a low a lower level club and created uh you know a machine i think i'd call it you know and everything that goes on there is is just about you know being the best that you can be which is which is exactly what we want and and ultimately to provide those players that England need you know to keep keep hold of world cups in the future we look we, we wish you all the all the very very best one final question could be quite key strawberry on the scone first or cream on first mm, cream 100% is that the devon way <laughs> oh, you're going to have to check that out. You may not have a job I'm after this sure. now. That's definitely my way. Oh, no, you may not have a job after this now. You'll be thrown out. <laughs> yeah, I hope I'm giving the right answer. Otherwise, <laughs> I, might, I might be on my furlough for a long, long time. <laughs> it's never ending. Susie, really, really brilliant to speak to you. And yeah, absolute heartfelt congratulations. Thanks so much for joining us today. Brilliant. Thanks, Thanks for having me. And cheers, Beth. Cheers, Looking guys. Looking forward to seeing you at Sandy Park. I'm Lisa Burgess, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Well, we're very lucky that we have reaction from both new clubs. Delighted to say we're now joined on the WRP by Sale Sharks co-owner, Michelle Orange. Michelle, thank you so much for joining us uh, this afternoon. Um, It's an honour. Thank you, Johnny. Oh, no, thank you. Um, What amazing news for for you and the rest of the, the, the club. You must be absolutely delighted. We are absolutely delighted. I think I can speak for everyone, not just at Sale Sharks, but all our supporters too. 
Um, and also just for rugby in general in uh, the Greater Manchester area and the Northwest, um, yeah, we're, we're thrilled. And obviously in these uh, rather uncertain times, um, it really was some light at the end of the rainbow for us. How, how, have you managed to celebrate? How, how, how can you celebrate? I, I saw someone with a, with a strange contraption with a, with a beer glass at the end of it, two metres long, and sort of clinking glasses over a garden fence on Twitter the other day. Well, I'm actually, both Simon, my husband, and I are actually getting over the virus. Um, and I have still oh, lost my sense of taste and smell. So um, I w- would have probably celebrated with a glass of champagne last night, but I thought it was rather wasteful since I really can't taste it. So luckily I did have a very small bottle, a single bottle of Prosecco in the fridge, like an individual bottle. Yeah. So I had that just so I had a few bubbles. Um, but yeah, we'll be saving that until obviously we can all get together um, with all the staff back at Sale Sharks who work so tirelessly on getting this bid together. Um, and hopefully by the time restrictions have been lifted, we may have also got some players signed up and recruited and we can all get together, get to know one another, celebrate and look forward to uh, good times to come. Yeah, absolutely. What, what, um, I mean, you just touched on it momentarily there. What, what is it going to mean for, for women's rugby, girls' rugby in the area? Massive. I mean, obviously, um, I mean, perhaps now's a good time to commiserate with uh, Thurwood Waterloo. You know, we're obviously very sorry that there isn't room for everyone in the Premiership. Yeah. Um, but they obviously, for the past, uh, not just even in the Tyrrells area, but for years and years and years beyond, have already been um, stamping the med- benchmark on women's rugby, girls and women's rugby in the area. So we hope to basically ha- take over that mantle and continue to collaborate with them and all the other women's teams and girls' teams that are here in the northwest um, and, and drive it forward. Um, I think interest in women's rugby is growing at a much, much quicker rate than perhaps the men's game ever did. Um, and I think that's the way that it is these days um, yeah. with social media and just greater awareness. Everyone has access to the sport in so many different channels. So um, I know just from having... In the last, well, Simon and I have been involved in Sail Sharks now for four years. That's obviously been an exceptionally long, uh, steep learning curve in terms of men's rugby. And um, my involvement in women, women's rugby has really only started in the last two seasons when we were approached by Sail FT to um, produce, provide them with some support for Sail 1861. So I'm on an even steeper learning curve when it comes to women's rugby. But just from the people, the women, the girls that I've spoken to, the parents of the girls who are taking up rugby, the passion is there, the interest. And now to be able to, as a premiership club, um, provide that aspirational pathway um, for girls and women alike, and also for supporters too. Um, it's a great honour and a great responsibility that we hold very dear to our hearts. How long, how long has this been, been in the planning, Michelle, to, to get to, to yesterday's decision? Um, well, it was pre- pretty much when um, we found out last... Well, obviously last summer we knew that the, um, the opportunity to bid for a place would come up. So that was discussed over the summer. We obviously decided to put an application in to apply to bid. Um, which we were able to, and then we've worked, um, obviously, since September through to January, putting the bid together, submitting that to the RFU. And that ended a couple of weeks ago now, um, when we all, in the rather strange circumstances, had to do the video link um, presentation, which possibly may have been even harder than doing it face-to-face at Twickenham. Oh, I bet. Um, <laughs> been a challenge with everyone in different rooms. Simon and I, like both, both, at that time, were both um, symptomatic, so we weren't at our best. Um, but obviously we pulled it off I think hopefully our passion um, and enthusiasm showed through um, and that's where it is so 
We've done a lot of preparation. I know today you're speaking to Susie from Exeter as well. Yep, we are. And, and they're obviously much um, further ahead in their game. We've had a different, slightly different pack. So we're kind of like ready to go. We've got um, staff in place or we've got people ready to appoint. Um, and the one thing we need now need is players. We obviously have some players already available to us. Um, just in the Sail Sharks community team alone, we have five or six girls who automatically I'll be very happy to, um, well, certainly give them tries. I don't want to take away from Darren Lamont, who's been appointed head of women's rugby, and say they can definitely have a place in the um, first 15, but I'm pretty sure they'll be competing for it. Um, but now, obviously, we, we've already had some interest. Um, we put an email out, uh, sorry, we put a post out on our social media in January when we were submitting our bid for expressions of interest. We've had a lot of interest. Um, and now, obviously, today, uh, yesterday, that being confirmed, we've had a lot more interest, I shall say. Oh, brilliant. So it's looking good. So hopefully by the time we're all out of lockdown, we might actually have a full squad assembled. Steve, Steve Dion, um chap I know reasonably uh, well. You, you put out a, a brilliant uh, video yesterday on, on your social media, and Dime, yeah. Dime spoke very, very well. I'm guessing yeah. he's fully embracing... Um, totally gets it uh, and, and is, is giving all the support that you require. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, Dimes is championing in it. He thinks it's essential for the growth and development of the club. Uh, honestly, Dimes is eat, drink, sleep, breathe rugby. During these past few weeks, he he's like he's running a, a war cabinet. He has been phenomenal in what he's done for the club these last few weeks. Um, just getting everyone sorted, ticking over the support, just everything he's managed to set up. And likewise, he knows how important adding the women onto the, onto the family, the South South family, is. So he's one hundred percent behind it, and he's actually, you know, saying now it's quite good timing because we're in lockdown. He's got time on his hands now to lend us even more support and give us even more advice, and um, to, to help actually get the women set up properly, up and running, and hopefully to resume play in September. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, I, I can I can only imagine his. His war cabinet oh, room at the moment. Honestly, he's wasted at South Sharks. He should be in the cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> honestly. Having said that, I'm, I'm not sure I want to be locked down with him, but um, no, he's a... He's a, he's a oh, I don't know. He's, he's a, a tremendous, um, you know, tremendous man, yeah. as you say, a complete uh, complete rugby norse, as it were. Michelle, yeah. look, um, thank you so much for, for joining us. You're very us. welcome. Um, I'm really sorry to, to hear you've been hit by it, but I'm so glad that you're sort of back on the road to recovery. No, we, we were very lucky. You know, we were both exceptionally lucky. Neither of us had uh, particularly bad symptoms. Um, we certainly didn't require any medical attention or anything. It was just a matter of a bit of rest and... Uh, and stuff like that. So, yeah, we're both back to full health. And in a way, it's actually um, quite reassuring knowing we've had it so we can actually kind of get back out into the community and do our bit without being at risk ourselves, but also putting anyone else at risk knowing we're not carrying the virus anymore. So, uh, yesterday when the announcement came through, I was actually back at the food bank. I've been volunteering at our local food bank for three years now, three or four years, and the club also supports the Trafford South Food Bank. So, yes, it was actually quite joyous to be able to be there packing food boxes and doing my bit. So. Oh, brilliant stuff. Well, look, yeah. you're, you're the enthusiasm... Um for the announcement uh, is coming across very, very clearly, and we Good. we very much look forward to to seeing Sail Sharks uh, in the uh, in the Premier Fifteen yeah. next season. No. And, <laughs> Steve, Steve, can't wait, can't wait to get back playing any sort of rugby whatsoever. We'll be welcome right now. Yeah, indeed. So, look, thank thank you again for joining You're us. You're very welcome, Johnny. You stay healthy uh, and stay safe. This is the Women's Rugby Pod. So, both really, really great to to hear from from both new clubs. They're really exciting times for them. Um, there is of course a, 
another side to the coin. But but you're right in, in the middle of it. Obviously, uh, Harlequins highly involved in, involved there. What's the general mood uh, amongst the players and the, in this process? Obviously, the bigger picture is about developing the women's game and the, and the best way about going about it. You know, for, for me, I, I don't think uh, the RFU could have been more transparent in terms of the process um, that they've gone through. But what's the general feeling in, in the trenches? Um, well, I think, first and foremost, I think everybody's just pleased to know what the decisions are um, and to now be in a place to move forward and everybody can put in the right plan in and preparation, knowing that you're involved or you're not involved. Because, you know, we... Richmond and Waterloo have done a great deal for the game. They've been, you know, teams that people have played and have history with over the years. Well, you played for uh, Richmond. Yep, yeah, I played for Richmond. Had three really successful seasons down at Richmond. Had many, you know, great games against Richmond when I played at Saracens. So, you know, and the amount of talent that they brought through. And, yeah, look, for me, Richmond have had, you know, a number of internationals go through the system. They've done so much for the game. They're one of the, the teams in the history books. Um, but now they've got different planning to, to get on with. And I think that's probably where everybody's sitting now. There's there's obviously some sadness amongst the clubs that aren't involved. There's great, um, probably, you know, sail sharks and exo will be ecstatic about what they're doing. So I think now for players, they've obviously got some decisions to make about where they want to play um, and where they might have new opportunities to play. Um, so yeah, it's a bit of um, it's a it's good. Like I said, that the players now know where they stand, and so do clubs. Um, but now there's obviously going to be some decisions to be made and new plans and preparations put in place for for what the season holds ahead. So in in summary, uh, are the right ten clubs in the Tyrrells in the in the Premier Fifteens for next season? Um, I guess in in my opinion, you know, we want to have a really competitive league, and I think that's you know at times, most of the time, Richmond and Waterloo struggled in that area. Now that's not to say that South Sharks and Exeter are going to come in and be ultimately really competitive right from the start. Um, but the infrastructure that they have, it you know, it's hit the criteria that the RFU are looking at to in order to create a platform to be able to get to competitive um, rugby. So, you know, for me, it, you know, we've seen what X can do in terms of community and getting the, the crowd involved and, and having that infrastructure. Steve Diamond spoke this week about how, you know, sharing the same resources to help accelerate the development of the women's game there. Um, so, you know, I think these two teams that have been brought in will be highly competitive you know, I think South Sharks and Newcastle were probably very. It was probably very, very tight for them to to battle it out for that that spot. Um, but yeah, I'm expecting good and big things from both the sides that have come in. And it um, I mean, obviously the, the, there's going to be criticism. There's, there's going to be people who who aren't happy. Strange enough, those sort of mainly uh, along the sort of clubs that are, that are losing out. A very, very dignified uh, release from from Field Waterloo. Um, uh, and Richmond's statement uh, as well yesterday. Um, a, a lot of the criticism is around this linking with with men's Gallagher Premiership teams, um, but it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? If if you've got all the resources there, whether it be physios, I mean, you you experience this yourself. I mean, you, you yeah, Harlequins are the sort of driving force in all of this. Tell us, you've got the resources there. 
you're just using for the men and the women. It just it just kind of makes sense. And also the, the university links as well, obviously with DMP and Loughborough Lightning. It just makes sense, not only economical sense, but, but sense across the board, doesn't it? Yeah, you're right, Johnny. And it, uh, I've just mentioned it there, you know, having the ability to have shared resources, shared facilities, to share knowledge is really, really critical in this time because we're trying to accelerate the women's game. We're trying to push, you know, the boundaries. We want to get more more on-pitch success and you need to have all the foundations off the pitch in order to get that. Now, established clubs men's clubs with the facilities and the opportunities and the resources is obviously you know directly going to help support that and whether that's a, a men's club or like you mentioned you know Loughborough and Durham Sharks now they obviously have the same facilities and the infrastructure at the universities that allow them to be able to put all their resources into their players so it massively has um you know a positive effect by being aligned to a premiership site, men's side, or to a university, um, and you know, as you as we have seen, it is a struggle for teams such as Richmond and Waterloo to be able to offer those facilities, resources, and coaches and SNC coaching and, and physiotherapists because they don't have that available because they don't already have it in place. So then that makes it very, very difficult for them um, to be able to provide those, um, you know, minimum standards without, you know, it costing money and resources. Uh, And like you said, you know, it needs to be commercially viable. It's got to have economical sense. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's not straightforward and it's not black and white, but that being aligned with a premiership side that has been through this transition that the women's game is going through is hugely valuable yeah absolutely i and, and i think you can be a, a servant to to women's rugby um men's rugby i mean you look at the, the the teams that were great back in the day whether it be you know preston grasshoppers or, or coventry or, or nottingham yeah these men's sides it, nobody kind of talks about them a, anymore and it's, it's not Diminishing what what place they have in the history of of, of building up the the game, and, and the same will be for for Richmond and Field Waterloo. The other point that, that I think is possibly been slightly missed is: imagine now you're you're a fan of Sale Sharks, you're now going to get a group email about women's rugby as well. So actually, the possibility, the potential of all those extra fans is massive. Yeah, of course. And, you know, they, they've they recognised that, that they've always had, uh, you know, they've wanted to always have a strong women's presence um, at Sale Sharks. And the fact that they've got something in the northwest where young girls can aspire to have, be on a pathway to play good top flight rugby is brilliant for that corner of the country. And, and you know, all that, all we want to keep doing is, you know, everything that the women's game is doing, we want that to have an impact on the men's game as well. Like you're saying, you know, we're going to send this out to all the, the members that now is a women's side and, and vice versa. So, uh, you know, it's going to have a huge impact. You know, two men's club, new men's club now joining with the women's, having a women's side with them. You know, the opportunity for, for more spectators is brilliant. And I, I'm really excited to see what both sides can produce because having listened to, 
Susie Appleby talk about it and Amy Garnett and also here and um, Sal Sharks talking about it. You know, they they are openly saying they really want to be drivers in this. They they are heavily investing in women's rugby. It's not lip service. They want to drive the standards. And that is great. That is what we need in this league because we need every team to be doing that and wanting to do that. And we've seen that happening this year already. So now to have two added teams that, you know, openly are saying they want to be setting the standards and the drivers for, you know, high performance and high level rugby um, is brilliant. And I really can't wait to see what it's going to turn and what it's going to look like come hopefully September when we get the league up and running. I'm Leanne Riley and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Okay, from Devon to London now, as we catch up with the Saracen sisters, Poppy and Bryony Cleal. How are you, ladies? Hello, good, thank you. Morning, yeah, we're very well. Family all well? <laughs> yeah, they are, yeah. And what, yeah, and what about the doggy? Is the doggy liking having everybody around? The dog loves it. He's got the best deal, I think, out of all this. Gets walks every day, um, running did, around. Did, did you not used to walk him? No, long walk every day, sorry. I miss, I miss long walk every day. He gets 59 minutes and 50, 59 seconds of walks every day. Very good. Right on uh, right on message. Well done. Uh, ladies, we, we wanted to, to have you on uh, for a while, um, but but together because, I've, yeah, that's that's how you come, isn't it, sometimes, or, or most of the time as a, as a little little package. Um how how I'm not sure about little? <laughs> well, I'm just spreading the love, you know. Be kind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that great, jazz. Great. Um, so, look, how, apart from walking the walking the dog, how how is lockdown treating you? Yeah, really well. We're we're we've come, come together as a bit of a house, and um, we have daily activities and a variety of things going on. So we're trying to get just to stay inside and get get by and do things to entertain us. Um, start this week, we wrote five letters to people. Um, I think Bertha's is still in the post, but that went down really well. And then we've got an outside gym that we go to, um, and we've done a variety of different things. So we're trying to get by and keep, and we've gone on a few runs here and there. So, uh, yeah, we're all mucking in and trying to keep our positive and uh, getting through it. Who's who's in the house then? So in our house, we've got me, Poppy, um, Alex Ellis, and Mackenzie Carson. So we've got a Sarah's house going on and... Um, we obviously all need to be doing our bit at the moment. So, so, so does that help when, in terms of, because I mean, I, I mean, I, there's a question to to all three of you from, from me. Um, how how difficult is it to train, not particularly physically, but mentally? Um, you, I mean, you you don't know when you're going to be allowed back in, where, whether the season starts at the right time, all the rest of it. How difficult is that to to get your head around, or is it just literally just plough on training as 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 best as you can? Yeah, no, it's really difficult because, like, I was halfway through a running session yesterday and I thought in my head, cool, I've just got to do this three times a week for six months or something. And I was like, how am I going to manage that? But, you know, I think it's just you've got to keep everything different and keep, like, changing things up um, and just, like, try not to do, like, six weekly plans, maybe do, like, two weekly plans and just keep things um, as my interesting as you can because no one likes running it. But as soon as you've done it, you feel really good. But halfway through, you've got to keep yourself motivated to keep things interested. That's what I find anyway. Yeah. I'd say we're in such a fortunate position because we, we even got a front row in here and we've got a lifting pod. So. <laughs> 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 and, 
Um, and what what else you've been doing to to entertain yourselves um, outside of uh, outside of the training? Talk us through your gym attire. Oh, real. Um, well, I don't know how it even started, but every day we we have a different theme for our gym to turn up to the gym. We have a different theme, so um, we offer some suggestions, and some people had some brilliant suggestions, and we've kept it going every day. We have a new new little theme. We've had uh, business attire. We've had end of season dinner. We've had Christmas. We've had ocean beach Ibiza. And do do you guys actually train in it, or do you just like take picture in it? No. Oh. It, it variety of things, but no, there's no way I was in a little black dress with my <laughs> And is your gym in the back garden? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah, most people set up at the. Back. Who, who who does all the cooking then? Uh, oh well, we just we cook for our own, we cook for ourselves. So it's not like we have big meals or anything like that. So we're, yeah, it's pretty much we're not very nice people to be like to cook our own <laughs> meals. Wow, yeah, literally. Just train together. Sometimes and I get the sometimes I get the scraps of Poppy's dinner. <laughs> train together and then back to your own rooms. I see. Yeah. Uh, wow. For that one tweet a day picture, <laughs> and that's it. No, no, we're together. Honestly, united. Um, what what else? Look, I mean, board games, Netflix, Amazon Prime. Where are we at with box sets, movies? Tiger King. Anybody oh, done that? Yeah, Carol Baskin's guilty. Uh, Oh my god! Did that in a day? <laughs> Do you reckon? Yeah. yeah, I did it in a day too. Johnny, have you done it yet? No. Oh. You are missing out. Yeah, unbelievable. Last I think one. that might have to be a theme actually for the gym. Oh my god! Yes, that's our nomination to you. <laughs> Where is Robbie Pole? Wants you to go as Tiger King. <laughs> <laughs> See what we can come up with. <laughs> we, like the activities we do in the day, we've done baking, we've done painting, we've done um, jewelry making. Um, We've had a spa day, so we had face like Mars. <laughs> we've had photography for one day. Oh we've my god! A box series together. We've yeah. So we we're, we're trying to keep busy. We had coffee. We had latte art one day. Mm-hmm. So is that is that massively helping then? Being obviously you, you you get on with the with with the rest of the housemates. Um, is that massively helping? Being sort of four of you teammates in a house together. Because if somebody's low, yeah. the, the other three pick them up, and uh, there's more of the, more of those ideas and what have you coming. Yeah, hundred percent. I think especially for social butterflies, social distancing tends to be quite difficult. However, um, we we've also got Dudley, which, which often gets passed around, and it's, uh, unfortunately he can't say no to a cuddle, so he often gets passed <laughs> around. We're, we're, but yeah, we were joking um, the other day that we didn't really know each other until <laughs> until we got put in isolation together, and now we really know each other really well. Oh well, there you are. But bodes well for on and off the field. Just, just, just for our, for our listeners, Dudley is 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 a dog. A, yeah, Dudley's a dog. A sausage dog. Miniature dachshund. Miniature dachshund. Beautiful thing. Lovely little fella. Really nice. Yeah, that's what, change the tune there, John. Chocolate, chocolate brown. <laughs> Yeah. Not in the slightest. No, I'm sure he's absolutely <laughs> loving. Just not my thing, uh, which is what I said in commentary as well. Anyway, uh, Bryony, one burning question. Um, I think we've covered off Mandy Dawson's question about uh, what are you doing with lockdown. Um, John Maxwell, uh, I think most of us most, most would know from the Women's Rugby Club website. Um, where is your Harlequin sign ball now, Bryony? Well, unfortunately, when we're in isolation, I've only had one ball in my room, and that was that ball. <laughs> yeah. Used it for a lot of passing practice. You can't see you can't see Rachel Burford's signature anymore. It's just got B. Do you know what? I'm pleased because that shows it's getting good wear out. Of yeah, it, good on you. 
So for those, uh, that was so funny when you won that at the live pod. Yeah, for the, for the... no, it is in the corner of my room. It, it is in the corner of my room, and I have decided that it, when someone asked me for a raffle prize or something to go to them, <laughs> that's where it's going. <laughs> it will go to good use. Um, and your first, your your first England game together, really special. To that, just 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 take us through that. Was it was it incredibly special having uh, having big sis uh, alongside uh, Bryony? Yeah, it was like, yeah, truly really special. And like, I think it really helped me, like, just calm down a bit and chill out. And then, I mean, before we went to run out, she kind of grabbed me and was like, you're coming with me. And then um, we kind of ran out together and um, we were next to each other in the anthems. And then um, when I, she'd just come off as I was about to come on and she was like, go on, go on. Yeah, I think at the time I was about to go on, I think the manager looked at me and was like, are you OK? Because you look like you're about a faint love. And I think just having probably that kind of chilled me out and calmed me down a bit before I was about to run on. And then um, after afterwards, I obviously went and saw her straight away and she said, well done. And she was like, are you all right? And I was like, no, not really. She was like, yeah, I went through all of this. Like, well done. So it was really just nice to have her there. And I think when you're in the anthem, just to have your arms around someone that means something so, 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 means so much to you is, is truly special. And I don't think many people can have gone through that. So, yeah. How about, how about you, Bobby? Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was great. My my favourite moment of playing um, in that game was actually the shirt prez. So that was probably the most special bit to me because not many people in your family or someone so close you gets to watch you get your first shirt. So yeah, that was really special. Did you shed a tear? No, it didn't drop out my eyelids. <laughs> no, but it was there watering. <laughs> We have, as I say, we've got a huge amount of questions from, huge amount of questions from from people on uh, on social media. Philippa Andrews is that a personal friend? No, probably not. No. Now squads of forty, no development. Where do those outside the top twenty players get the game time and stay engaged? Oh, a serious one. Wow. So I'm assuming she's, is this the forty in the squad she's talking about? She reckons only twenty will play. Or be uh, twenty three for a game and say where the others go in. I'm not yeah, going to second guess Philippa, but, but I'm guessing that she's right. suspecting that only twenty twenty five players will regularly get thirty players will get regularly get used. What do those other ten fifteen do to to stay engaged in game time? Yeah, when when they looked at the the sort of figures that the RFU have given us about squad sizes, um, you know, the research they went into it. I'm pretty sure that it was sort of something along the lines of every team in the Tyrrells Prem have has used that many players in a season and that's how many they feel that you need um, for a squad. So, you know, the amount of injuries and now that the, the squad's, um, the premiership, sorry, is getting better and bigger, you know, there's going to be a few more injuries and a few more days um, away from rugby. So I feel like a squad of 40 um, is a good size and people will be getting used and will be getting played. Um, yeah, 100%. I mean, look like I can't talk. Well, I haven't played all year, so someone's had to fill in my spot. Um, and I think, with, especially with Saris, we've seen it. We've seen the strength and depth and how many people have had to come on and put a, a first-team shirt on. So I think there's that aspect. And then I also think maybe the it'll be interesting to see how teams use the loan the loan option or use other clubs near them or if, if teams set up these second teams or how they're going to do it. I know they're in talks with the RFU about how that's going to work. So it'll be interesting to see how they do it. But I think I can only see the championship getting better as well. I know that. Um, obviously Richmond hop into it and so and like I know West Park Leeds missed out on it on get in the tender but actually maybe their league becomes better because they've got Waterloo now dropping into it so hopefully that will push the championship standard up as well so 
it'll be exciting to see what happens and there'll be the, um, hopefully some answers for Philippa in, in the near future. Yeah, I couldn't, couldn't agree with you more. I'm not sure 40 is, is going to cover it. Um, yeah, yeah. You tend to use kind of more more, more like 50 players, um, men or women's squad. So, yeah, I, I think um, I think everyone will stay engaged and get that game time. As you say, championship will be, be, be very strong. Uh, Tian Oates, is twin telepathy real? Oh, I don't want to burst their bubble. <laughs> I don't know, but when Poppy used to get injured, well, when she does get injured, I can always tell if it's actual real, if she's hurt or injured. You know, there's a difference between just being hurt and actually being injured. And um, I remember once her breaking her leg and someone was like, no, nah, she's just hurt. And I'm like, no, nah, that's a bad one. And then they get her off and they're like, now nah, on you go, Poppy. And she's like, no. Nah. And I'm like, no, she's real hurt. I can feel this. I can feel this one. <laughs> and then lo and behold, we were 14 and she'd broken her le- leg or something. So, no, I feel... I, I hold some of it's true. I can feel the pain. But I can't. So. <laughs> <laughs> so next time Poppy's rolling around on the floor, I'm just going to look at you. Yeah. yeah and if you look distressed, then, yeah. <laughs> then I know. If not, it's because I've given her the heads up that I need a break. Yeah. She's crammed. <laughs> Is Briony trying to be more like Poppy by dying her, dying her hair blonde? Yes. Lovely. Quick fire. <laughs> who's, <laughs> the, <laughs> <laughs> who's, who's quickest? I've got one of the... Uh, well, right now, I am. But if we went PBs, Bryony would be. So, because Bryony hasn't run for a year. Yeah, right That's now. <laughs> that 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 plays into my hand. So, but if we're going on PBs, Bryony would be quicker because she used to be a centre, and actually, she was not too bad. So, and it's, <laughs> what's that over thirty, sixty, hundred, or all of them? Hundred. Yeah, we don't really get that far, do we? <laughs> yeah. no. We'll go we'll go forty, yeah. A forty meter. Forty meter, fine. Who loves Dudley more? Well, he's actually my dog, so I think I have to take that. Who does Dudley well. love more? Me. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Because I take him for one hour and one minute and forty seconds to walk. Yeah. What? That's one minute forty <laughs> yeah. over. Um still still um Kenny Oates, uh, who's who's the better cook? Mindful chef. Yeah. <laughs> no, you just put the whole thing in the oven. <laughs> <laughs> so who who can operate the oven better? Is that the who can turn it on and off? Brody, he's probably got that crown right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this on best... the topic of food, who can eat a twenty-four inch meat pizza feast the quickest? Brody. Have you done this test? Yeah, we did last night. We should practice. <laughs> <laughs> just for the pod, you're so dedicated. Yeah. Uh, Max, ever played against... Uh, yeah, this is the same Max from uh, for the Women's Rugby Club website. Uh, Max, ever played against each other? We have Bristol v Saris. Was it the semi? Yeah, semi-final. Semi-final of a prem. Bristol v Saris. Um, was that four years four, ago? Five years, four, yeah, five years ago, something like that. Obviously, I came out on the losing side. Um, Poppy came out on the winning side that day. Um, I think she pulled my hair four times throughout. It might have been once, but um, Poppy's yeah. got a bit of a track record for that. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. she? I didn't know. We we I have. I saw something in the island game. We um we had a we had a, a question from B. I don't know who B is from North London. Why did Poppy pull Bryony's hair in year nine during PE lesson? Oh, 
goodness. I feel like this is a stitch up. Ronnie made her ask that question. Can you answer it? <laughs> Oh, I don't know. Well, alongside that, can you ask answer why you hit me around the head with a paddle during the canoe race in 2004? Um, <laughs> she's trying to make you feel sorry for her here now. I swear sometimes she gets these memories mixed up. Nice. Well, let's have answers to both then, shall we? The pulling of the hair and the, <laughs> and the canoe paddle. Can you still get... Um, how long does it have to be in before you can admit guilt to something? <laughs> <laughs> I think the simple answer is you're just siblings, isn't it? Yeah, there you go. Simple as that. Simple answer. I was nine. (laughs) Yeah. And I was about to win. (laughs) Uh, Duncan Johnson, uh, why does Illingham and Ringwood, your home club, produce so many excellent girl and women players? Maybe it's something about the water we drink down there, I don't know. No, they've got uh, like an insane passion for girls' rugby and women's rugby, so... When we were um, 11, 12 and had to then find a girl side, they were the only one within, you know, like a a 50-mile radius um, of us in Hampshire. So quite a lot of the girls had to travel to go play there. And then they were game. We had low numbers for one year, but they amalgamated with a a team down the road um, and just made sure that girls' rugby was at the best. They didn't, you know, they didn't mind, you know, what name it was under or who took all the credits. As long as girls were playing rugby uh, down there, they were happy. And now... They've got an under was it under elevens, under thirteens, under fifteens, under eighteens girls side, and you know the numbers always growing. So they've just got um, an incredible passion, and they just clearly done things right down there. Wow! I think it also helps having you two fine international players coming from the club as well. Like you're clearly inspirations for the pathway down there. Yeah, hopefully, and it's kind of nice for them to see like um, is it a reward or like just something that they can say oh, all that hard work we put in, you know, 10, 15 years ago and all those times that we struggled to have a girls' team but we still managed it every week um, and now they've, they've produced... It's, they've got three women internationals because um, they had Lisa Coburn from, who plays for Scotland. So uh, it's, it's pretty good going for a, a little team down from Ringwood. So. Duncan Johnson also asked, and it's not a stitch-up, Poppy, it's just what people have asked us on Twitter. Did Poppy get her winner's medal back from the kebab oh, shop. <laughs> wow, uh, this is. <laughs> now, to be careful, you know you don't have to answer. Yeah. Just tiptoe lightly. Yeah. Wow, I think you're breaking up. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Duncan Johnson. I think uh, sometimes no answer <laughs> says it all. Um, just a simple yes or no, Poppy. Have you got it back? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Great. Got it back. Want to tell us the story behind it? Don't have to. Um, that would be one for my autobiography, I think. Lovely. Know. Do you know what? Let's yeah. get you on, a, on our next live pod and you can tell us then. How about that? <laughs> Peer pressure then. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, oh, Becky... I'll just tell you next week, Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, please, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, bye. See you later. Anyway, Berth, what was that story? No. Uh, <laughs> Becky Anderson, if you had a movie made about your lives... Which actor would you choose to play you? I like Rebel it. Wilson. Yeah, you, straight in there. Rebel Wilson. Question. No, can't even, can't even Good question. choice. Rebel Wilson, all day, every day. Because she's so funny, like you. Yeah. Yeah. So Rebel Wilson for... Brownie. Brownie. And Poppy? Um, a mix, me, 
Um, I'd be Cameron Diaz. Um, I'm saying it from like the Charlie's Angels, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you look like her. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> Not something about Mary, no. No. <laughs> well that yeah that's uh, that's it in terms of the questions from from uh twitter thank you very much for all of those who sent those in i am going to make it my mission over this lockdown period to find out about the kebab shop story um <laughs> uh, ladies thank you so much there's, there's loads more uh, we'd like to talk to you about um Barney, the the leg and whatever you—it's uh, really, really great to 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 see you back on the field um, and back in the in the white of uh, of England over the Six Nations and and Poppy just uh, continuing to to go from strength to strength. Um, would you come back for a sort of part two when when we could possibly all be in the same room together um, and actually drill down a little bit more on uh, on you two as twins and, and your playing careers? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I'd have to vet the questions beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, 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 I'd, and I'd find out who this bee from North London was who, who asked about the pulling of the hair. But, um, anyway, ladies, look, stay safe. Thank you so much for, for coming on today. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Right. Thank you for having us. Stay safe. Take care. Cheers, bye. And don't forget tiger outfits. <laughs> But that's all from us this week. Uh, before we sign off, a quick word on uh, a Lutterworth RFC. Your stay at home and tribute to the NHS a social media piece was uh, was fantastic. So uh, congrats on that one. Also, if uh, you are finding sort of a bit of cabin fever, a bit of uh, Groundhog Day, do keep across Bristol Women's social media because they are doing dance routines every day. Uh, I do look forward to see what Kim Oliver comes up with uh, and the rest of her crew. So, yeah, do, do keep across that. YouTube thanks to Susie Appleby, uh, to Bridie and Poppy Cleal, of course, to Michelle Orange for joining us from Sale, to producer Jez. And next week, our special guest will be Seven Superstar and a former England teammate of mine, Heather Fisher. And remember, whatever you're doing to support the women's game, whatever you can be doing at the moment to support it, do keep it up. Until next time. Stay positive and stay inside.